At Leo High School in Auburn Gresham on Chicago's South Side, the energy is buzzing in the choir room, even at 8 a.m. You can hear the boys in their first period class, music streaming from the room even before me and Principal Shaka Rawls even get close to the door. Say good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. So this is the now famous or infamous choir. The students were standing up bright-eyed in a semicircle around their choir director, LaDonna Hill. This is Miss Ariane from WBEC. We're super excited. As you know, we're in Black History season, what we have labeled as our Black Excellence Series. I was loving the music, but I needed to interrupt for just one moment. Can I ask a question to the class? So what is it that y'all like about Black History Month? Their answers, they were so confident. Some said they learn new things every year. Another said it's a good time to honor leaders. Yeah, I like the culture and how it brings everybody together. Oh, I said the brotherhood. The brotherhood, yeah. I didn't hear you say that loud. The brotherhood. Oh, I love that. What about the sisterhood? Oh, This kind of learning, love, and pride is what Black History Month is all about. It's what Carter G. Woodson, the father of Black history, had in mind when he created Negro History Week decades ago. Woodson was a scholar, a public historian, and around Chicago, his name is on a number of buildings, including a library and school. I'm Ariane Nettles, and coming up, we'll talk about the origin of Black History Month, which is in Chicago. But also, we'll look at what Black history means for our present and hopefully our future. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Walking up the steps inside the restored Wabash YMCA in Bronzeville, you're greeted by a banner in red, green, and black, colors of the Pan-African flag. It says, remember the past, restore the promise, a salute to African-American history. It's an appropriate welcome for a place with such a rich legacy. Another 10 years to raise the $11 million to restore it, reopened in 2000, and... So they renamed the organization to the Renaissance Collaborative, which, by the way, my name is Tara. Tara was our guide as we looked around the renovated building. From the 1910s through the 60s, the Wabash Y was a community center for Black Chicago. And for community groups, important events and meetings found a home there, With its gym, swimming pool, cafeteria, and grand ballroom, it was home to sports teams, cotillions, social justice meetings, any kind of socializing you can think of. Black people found many ways to enjoy the Y, and the Carter G. Woodson was among them. Carter G. Woodson is completely famous for a whole lot of reasons. He's known as the 
the father of black history because he's really responsible for us even studying and sharing black history today. It all started because of a national gathering in 1915, 50 years after emancipation. That gathering was combined with a celebration for Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And since Lincoln was from Illinois, the Illinois folks got together to say, let's have this in Chicago. So they usurped it, so to speak, claimed it all, and said they were gonna have a celebration in Chicago. And they invited people from all around the country. Daryl Michael Scott is a history professor at Morgan State University. And he says thousands of people from around the country came to the Chicago Coliseum to celebrate. Carter G. Woodson set up shop at that celebration, teaching Black history to people that walked by. This kind of work, educating the public, was something that was extremely important to him. We tended to think of Woodson as pure scholar, and he is pure scholar, but Woodson was something that we now better understand. He was also effectively an early public historian. Okay, and he believed that we should take the history of black people to the public. Like a lot of black folks at the time, Woodson stayed at the Wabash Y while he was in Chicago and gathered at that Y. He got the idea to start a special association. And it was one day after he was promoting black history that he decided to gather some people up and formally create the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Or the ASALH. Daryl Michael Scott was a former national president of this organization, and the first way it would share Black achievement would be by publishing a journal. That publication, the Journal of Negro History, came out in 1916. Once you fully understand that Woodson did not establish this association primarily to create, or solely to create a scholarly journal, but he was motivated by wanting to create a public presence for Black history, then you better understand how he gets to the creation of Negro History Week. Negro History Week finally came into existence in 1926, thanks to Woodson and the ASALH. He selected that week in February because it included Frederick Douglass's birthday on the 14th and Lincoln's birthday on the 12th. People were already celebrating those days, and his goal was to build on tradition. Daryl Michael Scott says Woodson folding this week into pre-existing celebrations showed Black people they were a part of something greater. Then, this American story becomes larger than the individual, bigger than Douglas and bigger than Lincoln. This story becomes a story in which Black people can see that they're a part of a big canvas of human history. So the themes would be not the achievements of Frederick Douglass or the achievements of Sojourner Truth or anyone else. It's about the role of Black people in bringing democracy to America, okay? Ah, big themes, okay? The role of the Negro in the Civil War, right? Big themes. Negro History Week quickly grew in popularity with Black communities across the country taking part. And also, it became popular with progressive white people who were celebrating Brotherhood Week. 
It was created in 1927, shortly after Negro History Week launched, to fight against anti-immigrant, anti-Catholic, and anti-Jewish hate, sentiments that stemmed from World War I. So a lot of the people who celebrated Brotherhood Week start celebrating Negro History Week as a way of furthering that same goal of creating one society. So the 1920s starts I mean, with these mid-20s, you get these movements that are trying to heal wounds, wounds created by the anti-immigration politics. I know, sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Despite some criticism and pushback at the time, Negro History Week was celebrated widely. To help teachers during the week, the ASALH gave schools lessons, posters, and even plays to incorporate into their curriculum. And Woodson's goal for Black history was set in motion. He really believed that if the truth about Black people and their history was told to Black people and the public, it would transform how Black people saw themselves, how other people saw Black people, and how Black people would fit into American democracy, and how Black people would fit into world history. It's now been almost a century since Negro History Week first launched. Has Black History Month accomplished what Woodson was hoping for? That's coming up. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I'd never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Negro History Week continued to grow and expand. Starting in the late 1960s, young people encouraged the association to change and update. As language changed, Negro became Black. Links to Africa were included as part of the Black American past. And in 1976, the ASALH extended the week to Black History Month. Erica Griffin Fabicon is the Director of Education at the Chicago History Museum. And in her role, she works to help people better understand history's connections. A lot of those links continue to be found in the city's history. Chicago at the time and Chicago today continues to be that beacon, a hub, an important city. This has always been the case for Chicago. Not only did many of the stories happen in Chicago, much of the archives of what happened is housed here. And that's thanks to Vivian Harsh, a Black librarian who was the head of the George Cleveland Hall branch. There, famous Black Americans like Gwendolyn Brooks and Langston Hughes would gather. But it was also a place for the public because, like Whitson believed, access shouldn't only be for intellectuals and scholars. Vivian Harsh was also collecting. 
images, materials, documents that all spoke about and for Black lives um, in Chicago and beyond. And we also, you know, now today that the Vivian G. Hart's research collection um, is now at the Carter G. Woodson Library. All of these names come full circle right here in the city of Chicago. Erica Griffin Fabicon says Woodson hoped that Black history would eventually be better integrated into American history as a whole. He felt that by adding the stories to the narrative, by actually proclaiming that these stories, these places, these people that are of African descent are critical to understanding the whole that is our country, its society, its space, its contributions to the globe. Um, if we do that, if we simply make those stories a part of our curriculum, a part of our narrative, then we would not have to have this particular time where we're amplifying Black people in within this month. It would be history writ large, 365 days of the year. And that is what his outcome, what his hope was. But she says Black history is not completely acknowledged across the country as a fixed part of the American story. And until we do that, we haven't yet met what Carter G. Woodson was advocating for. Today, there are echoes of the challenges Woodson faced nearly 100 years ago. Some state governments continue to debate the value of Black history curriculum. Woodson wrote in an editorial in 1932 that, quote, this celebration is to be not so much a Negro History Week as a History Week. He added, we have labeled the record of the race as the history of this particular race, because it has been omitted from the general histories, unquote. Even though that end goal is not fully realized, it doesn't mean there isn't a lot to be thankful for. It takes a long time um, for forward progress, but I remain grateful to the amazing people that kept this concept going, that kept Black history on all of our minds, that kept developing the resources, kept building partnerships, and kept really trying to make position for Black history and to lift it up as of critical importance, um, not just to Black people, but to all people. In the meantime, as advocates continue to show how Black history is American history, there is still so much brightness ahead. Back at Leo High School, one thing is for sure. These students know their stuff. Okay, did y'all know that Black History Month started in Chicago? Yes. yes. Oh, hey! Oh, All right. Okay, okay. Okay, I won't interrupt anymore. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know. I think that's a great segue to do this one. production of WBEZ Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. The show is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Maggie Civit is the digital and engagement producer. Suzanne is our editor. I'm Ariane Nettles. Thanks for listening.
Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.